You're listening to the Reman Initiative. This is a short form podcast dedicated to reclaiming men for the kingdom of God, helping them recover from religion, reintroducing them to the truth and the power of the gospel of Jesus, and then teaching them not how to live as good men, but how to live as resurrected men. Welcome to the Reman Initiative. Hey everybody, welcome to the show and thank you as always for taking a few moments of your week to spend them with me. For the past couple of weeks, we've been in a discussion that I called Graves, Slaves, and Sons. For some of you, maybe this seemed a bit elementary. However, statistically speaking, most guys don't know a lot about this sort of teaching. Jesus mentioned that in the last days, the love of many would grow cold. I'm not a doomsday guy. I'm not that guy that's going to be saying Jesus is returning tomorrow. But I am the guy that's going to live like that possibility exists. Because I see a lot of the conditions that Jesus himself said would be present just before his return. One of the reasons that I think the love of men has grown cold is because we've lost sight of what Jesus has really done for us. I don't think most can look back and see themselves as the walking dead or recognize the hopeless condition that we're born. Most don't understand just how dire the situation really was for us before the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Some of us can remember being slaves. I know I can. Some of us can remember what the struggles were like and how sin ruled in our bodies and drove us, controlled our lives for us. Some of us can remember how the sins and the wounds that had been laid in our hearts caused us to act like wounded, caged animals at times, losing control, lashing out in fits of rage, rushing to find something to numb the pain or just give us a brief moment of, ex- of escape from the drudgery of the life that we were living. Truth is, even among those who may have made a confession of faith and been publicly baptized, many are still bound in the slavery of sin because no one has taught them that they're free from that slavery. And since slavery is all they know, they continue in life-controlling sin and habits that, in reality, they've been freed from. Slaves emancipated from the horrible forces that have had them enslaved for their entire lives and yet failing to recognize they are free and that legally, their former masters, sin, has no claim over them any longer. Hmm. Brothers, this drives me insane. My heart aches and I feel like it's going to explode because I know I've got brothers and sisters who remain trapped due to ignorance and the failure of the church at large to actually disciple and teach those who come into the faith how to live in the new life that Christ offers, how to abandon forever the chains of slavery and bondage and learn to accept the truth 
that those who are in Christ Jesus are no longer slaves, but sons and daughters of God. In Luke chapter 7, Luke recounts a story where Jesus is eating with a religious leader, Simon the Pharisee. And while there, there's this woman who was a known sinner. And she brought in a very expensive flask of perfuming oil. She enters the house and standing behind Jesus, she begins crying and wetting his feet with her tears, wiping his feet with her long hair, kissing his feet, and then begins to pour this expensive perfuming oil on his feet. The religious leader, in his thoughts, not in word, just thinking, begins to call Jesus' validity as a prophet into question. Because he thinks, someone sent by God, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is that's touching him. She was a sinner. While the text only calls her a sinner, the implication is likely that she was once a prostitute. I say once was a prostitute because it's obvious here. She has had an encounter with Jesus. And that encounter, that encounter so radically freed her that she drew up the courage as a woman of ill repute to walk into a religious leader's home where she was obviously not welcome. And then is overcome by her emotions and begins to wash the feet of Jesus with her tears. And then she does something entirely scandalous, as if all the rest wasn't. She dropped her hair, something no self-respecting woman would ever do in public. And she begins to dry the feet of Jesus with it. This sort of act, the washing of another's feet, was the work of slaves. In this scene, she knew she had been a slave. But now, as unworthy as she was made to feel by the world, she was given faith, shown grace by the Father. And having believed that Jesus was indeed the Messiah, and accepting him for who he was, she was no longer a slave, but a much-loved daughter. The gratitude, the humility, the love for Jesus that this fact produced inside of her moved her to gladly surrender her concern for what anybody else may think of her, and instead abandon all of that to worship the one who had set her free. What a great story. Now, Jesus perceives the thoughts of this religious leader concerning the woman, and I love how he handles this situation. Simon, he says, I have something I want to tell you. Simon the Pharisee replies, Okay, say it, teacher. Jesus begins to tell this religious leader a story of two men who owed another man money. 
one man owed an amount of money that would be equal to about two years' worth of salary, 500 denarii. The other man owed about what would equal about 50 days' worth of salary, or 50 denarii. Both were forgiven their debts by this man they owed the money. Then Jesus asked Simon, which of these guys you think will love him more? The Pharisee replies, and I got a, I got a note here, a little bit begrudgingly, because he uses the words, I suppose. The Pharisee replies, well, the one that was forgiven more, I suppose. Can you hear that in his voice and his reply? Jesus then looks at Simon and says, you're right. That's the, that's the right answer, Simon. Then Jesus turns to this woman and asks this question. Simon, do you see this woman? Such a great question. Because Simon only saw a whore. Jesus saw a daughter. Simon couldn't see the woman for who she really was because all he could see was who she used to be. <laughs> Jesus then goes on to compare Simon's care for, for, him, for Jesus, how Simon cared for him, to how she cared for him. He says, Simon, I came into your house and you gave me no water for my feet. By the way, that would have been considered rude in that day. He says, but she has washed my feet with her tears. Simon, you didn't greet me with a kiss. But she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since she got here. You didn't even offer me a little cheap olive oil for my head when I came in. But she has anointed my feet with expensive Precious perfuming oil. Then Jesus says this, I tell you, Simon, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. I love how Jesus doesn't dance around the fact that she has committed a whole lot of sins. And also how that gives us so much hope. Because it doesn't matter how much you sinned. The grace of God covers. The work of Christ covers all of it. Now, this forgiveness of many sins is evident. Because Jesus remarks this, he says, because she loved much. See, her sins were not forgiven because she loved Jesus like she did. Rather, she loved Jesus like she did because she understood how much she had actually been forgiven. In comparison, Simon the Pharisee's love towards Jesus was almost non-existent because he had no awareness of his need for forgiveness and he felt that he had very little that he needed forgiving for. Those who had been forgiven much, love much. Those who have been forgiven little, love little. The work that Jesus accomplished for us 
the beatings, the torture, the almost unimaginable pain of a Roman cross. His tasting of death for us. All of that was done so that we, the walking dead, hopelessly enslaved to sin and eternally bound to death because of sin, could not only be forgiven much, but be could be transformed from slaves to the children of God. This is the ultimate rags-to-riches story. But until we recognize the rags and the depth of the filth of those rags, we will never truly value the riches, the wonderful, deep, amazing riches of Christ's love for us and the honor of being called sons and daughters. As we lead to Easter week, I want so much for each of you to really grasp just how much we need the forgiveness that the Father offers us in Jesus. For those of you who are in Christ, I pray that this week you will be reminded of the filth of your rags in a way that produces the sort of deep love this woman in this story has for Jesus in you. And that your place now as his child causes you to be so overwhelmed with gratitude and love for Jesus. And it just, it overwhelms you in ways that you just have not yet known. For those of you who have not yet accepted the truth of Jesus, and have not yet surrendered your heart to him and received this forgiveness. I pray that the reality of your current walking dead state and slavery to the curse of sin becomes impossible to ignore, and that you will know that you can be made fully alive and freed from this at once by accepting Jesus as your King and Savior, by giving your life to him and pledging your loyalty to him. That request, that prayer can be as simple as saying, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you paid the full price for my sin and that I am dead in my sin and that you can rescue me. Please forgive my many sins and make me a part of your family. I accept you as my King and my Lord and you have my heart and my loyalty. The work and the promise of the gospel is this, found in Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Hmm. Led by the Spirit of God, to become the sons and daughters of God. Slaves 
They serve because of fear. And they are not free. Sons are free, but they serve because of love for the Father. Next week, we'll walk with Jesus as he spends his last week preparing to do the work that the Father sent him here to do. The work that paid the price and made the way for us to be called the sons of God. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless, brothers. You've been listening to the Reman Initiative, and I'm the host and the founder of the Reman Initiative, Joe Bailey. If you'd like to learn more about what we're doing here, you can check us out on the web at www.experienceremand.com. There is a contact page there, and I would love to hear from you. Hey, if you're a leader of a men's group and you'd like to talk with me about coming and speaking to your group of men, why don't you reach out to me on that contact page, or you can send me an email at joe at experienceremand.com. I'm going to be accepting speaking engagements in the second half of 2023, and I'd love to talk with you about that opportunity. If you do like what we're doing here, consider dropping us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on, or heck, go a step further and share the show with another man. Until next week, God bless, brothers. We'll talk to you soon.